Green Team Academy podcast episode 72. In this episode, I'm going to be talking with Deb Matlock of Wild Rhythms. And our whole focus is we've been thinking about you and thinking about all the stuff that you're going through right now and all the things that you might be able to do in this historic opening. And the your ability to do that is really going to hinge on your personal resilience so your mental emotional physical spiritual strength right now and so that's what we're going to be talking about is how to use wild rhythms so leaning on nature nature's rhythms during this time to build your personal resilience and I want to tell you about a few other things Uh, first is that we're going to be doing a happy hour on animal connections and personal resilience on April 13th, 2020, as part of the Earth Week Summit. So if you haven't already signed up for that, check out earthweeksummit.com. And um, another thing is that my book is coming out in June 2020. I am recruiting for people that want to be on my advanced reader crew. So if you're interested in that, go to greenteamacademy.com books and you will see information about that and how to apply. The name of that book is Climate Action Breakthrough, Creating the World We Want, One Team at a Time. And finally, I've got a new program going where it's uh, kind of an action plan in a day. And so if you've been thinking of starting something and you want to hit the ground running and have it's kind of like a business plan for your for your movement so really just thinking through what are those key things that you need to um, identify and what I'm going to be sharing are the steps that are going to help you avoid wasting years maybe decades because the thing is we don't really have that time anymore to mess around so if you're like you know what this is a historic opening I want to start something right now then you can reach out to me. There'll be information on the website, greenteamacademy.com. If you don't see what you're looking for, then just go under the contact and send me a note as I'm getting everything set up there. All right. So with that, take a deep breath and uh, I think you're really going to enjoy this. Thank you so much for being here with me today, Green Team. I really appreciate that. And let's get started. Hey, Green Team, what's up? Oh my goodness, so great to hang out with you. And especially in these times where we're doing our physical distancing, it's nice that we don't have to do, really, we don't have to do social distancing. We can still hang out like this. So anyhow, so nice to be here with you and been thinking about you a lot as um, I'm hearing all these different stories. And um, uh, that is exactly what where our podcast today, you'll be meeting Deb Matlock from Wild Rhythms. The reason we're doing this is because I've been thinking, you know, we are going through just this unprecedented shift, this moment in human history that nobody in living history has has been through, where so much has changed so quickly with people all around the world. And And yet at the same time, a lot of those things that we normally would turn to, to keep us kind of happy and feeling good, aren't available. And and also we're doing the Earth Week Summit, which is coming up 
and this is going April 10th to 18th. And this is all online, free, with all these workshops and happy hours. And, you know, we're going to be talking about climate change. And so, like, it's not enough that you already have a pandemic and all this other stuff to, to be concerned about. But um, we're also asking you to break your heart open and, and be thinking about animals and, um, you know, oceans and air pollution and um, all the different things that we're seeing and what the solutions are that people are bringing. But I know it's a lot. It's a lot to handle. And so that's why I invited Deb to join me today. And we're just going to be talking about some ways that you can connect with nature to help you through this. Because of course, that's what we're all about protecting. And, um, and then toward the end, we're going to give you a little bit of a preview of what we're doing on the happy hour for Monday, April 13th, that is. We'll be diving into this more on the happy hour and give you some activities to do. But hopefully that gets you excited to, to do this, to think about having a new tool in your toolkit. Uh, so with that, I just want to say thanks so much, Deb, for joining me. And hello. Hello. Thanks so much for the invitation. I'm, I'm really honored to be here and a chance to talk with the awesome folks that are on the Green Team Cafe and the group and coming to the summit. Deb, I didn't even really do a quick intro, so um, would you like to do that? Just start by telling people what it is uh, that you do. I love that I was thinking about this this morning. I'm like, the cool thing about Deb is she doesn't really fit into <laughs> any specific box that I know about, which is why I reached out to you. But yeah, let's just start by give a quick intro of what, what, what do you help people with? What's, what's kind of your mission? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my name is Deb Matlock, and I've been in the field of environmental education for about 25 years. And I've got a business called Wild Rhythms, where I do nature connection workshops and retreats and other kinds of programs, as well as um, shamanic style journey work and animal communication work, I'm working with people one on one as well, all within the umbrella of deep and sacred connection to the life around us. So that's the common theme through all of that. Um, but it's definitely um, in my heart, um, the work of the green team and all the organizations involved, it's, you know, ways that people are connecting and interacting with the natural world is, is uh, the most important things I think we can be doing right now for sure. Do you, I feel like we should take a, a couple minutes and just really kind of lay it out there on the table of what are you seeing that people are dealing with? And I think this is one of the things is we don't even know because we're not even able to bump into and share stories with just the, the number of people whose lives have been um, upended. But let's just take a minute or two and just kind of catalog some of that so that we're, you know, rec accepting, wow, this is, this is really big. So do you want to start and then maybe I'll pitch in too? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think um, the things I've been hearing from folks I've been working with and the things I've been feeling myself um, relate to the magnitude of the unknown and the mystery here that we're dealing with, with like this, this pandemic on top of climate change, um, on top of the fact that the, the other side of this coin is that I feel like this pandemic has showed us how deeply interconnected we are. And it's almost, it's almost like the difficult side of, of connection. It's the, the part that isn't as, um, 
romantic as sitting out in the trees and feeling the benefits of nature. This is the other part of the fact that we are so connected and it's very overwhelming. And I've, I've spoken with many people who are saying, I don't know what my role is anymore. I had been doing X, Y, or Z, you know, education, teaching, or working in this recycle center, or now I'm not sure what my role needs to be because it just feels so huge and overwhelming. Um, and so I think part of it is that we're up against this existential vent that almost exceeds our capacity to fully grasp, at least right now. You know, it may be that in a few years we can look back, but for all of us in it today, um, I think the, the thing I'm seeing is people saying, I don't even know what to think or what to do. Yeah, that's something different. And I feel like it's kind of like in the beginning of climate change, when people started talking about climate change, that that was different than you know, a polluted river um, or some of the other environmental issues that, that we, the way we used to think about it. And that's why we do have, a, we're gonna have a lot of discussions in the summit about the links between um, the ways we think about climate change and the pandemic, including the author of um, the book, American Pandemic about the 1918 um, flu and lots of different people kind of touching on that. but. Um, I think, yeah, that's, that's an interesting way to say it, is that we don't even really have a framework yeah. as a starting point. And so, yeah, you would feel off balance. And I, the other part that's been, um, you know, there's so many dimensions to this, but I think just the immediate thing of job losses and, um, and school losses and people, you know, whether everybody that you talk to has something that they had plan that just yeah, I was you know, just talking to somebody who was planning to take the LSAT um, to get into law school and um, you know just thinking about all the people that have worked so hard to do something and they're you know just all that's going away so whether you're uh, it's your school and you're getting ready to graduate or if you're um, you know planning a trip or um, but, you know, just the, the basic economic crash um, to so many people. And, and the other thing is I was just um, reading something this morning on Twitter from one of the journalists who was just had so much information about how, um, like in certain cities that are reporting the data for coronavirus where the black communities are getting hit much harder. So the percentage of um, mortalities of fatalities are higher per population per capita um, in in one city and another is you know people that are uh, have different disabilities uh, are are suffering and and people I'm thinking about when I was in Ghana and when I stayed with my friend there he we, there was four of us in a room and then one more person just showed up one day who had nowhere to live. And so then we were five in a room. And um, so I think the, that's the other thing is we've been talking about with climate change, how it's the wealthier countries that have more so caused it and the, the less affluent countries and communities of color that are, are already suffering and are bound to more. So I think it, yeah, when you read that, it's just like, oh, you know, this is all the stuff that we've been working on. It's just amplified in 
you know, thousands. Yeah, I saw an article that was talking about social distancing being a privilege and it really hit me because I realized that's exactly it. If you actually have a situation where you can create the space and live at home and then, you know, have the groceries and be away from people, there are so many parts of this world where that distance is not an option. Um, yeah, and I think that those are the those are the overwhelming. I mean, I sit in my heart and there are days I, I've in the last couple of weeks where I've, I've okay, I have this big do list. I have all these things I'm working on and I can't make any headway because I'm, I'm just kind of adjusting and in, in shock or, you know, in, in an emotional feeling grief or feeling helpless, you know, and it's, it's like cleaned out things like my pantry and stuff because it was something I could do and I could see it and I could touch it. And it's like, oh, now it's organized. Okay, phew, I've got some control somewhere, you know, because it just feels so huge. Um, so yeah, I think that is, a, I really appreciate that you're bringing this up at the beginning of the summit, uh, folks, because I think it is something that if we just all know that whatever unique ways we are addressing, this is, this is happening. Um, and everyone's dealing with things similarly and differently. It's all very real and it's all, um, it, you know, it can't be backburnered and ignored. It's too big. Part about people feeling you know, there's, I want to say there's a lot to celebrate, but even, and I think that's even another issue is that when you see a good thing happening, you feel bad because you know of all the people suffering. So we don't even really have a good way to, um, I think, have those kind of nuanced conversations, but things like um, you know, dolphins appearing in, in um, canals that have been polluted and people seeing the stars for the first time in London in however many years. Um, and also people just feeling a lot of connection and, you know, people are baking and sewing and learning <laughs> new things. And, but, you know, so, so there's a lot of, um, and, and just like bonding with your own family at home or figuring those things out. I heard somebody saying, you're going to probably feel like you love your family more than ever and you hate them. You hate them more than ever and that's okay. But, but just like the intensity, I think because we have been able to kind of run away, go do stuff, uh, the intensity of all this has been uh, pretty wild. And so, so we don't want to stay too long with that, but just acknowledging that racism and poverty, the criminal justice system and homeless and, and your own things that are happening, this is a lot, this is really a lot to, to process. And, um, and so then the next thing we wanted to mention was just also acknowledging that the tools that you might've been using might not be available anymore. So it's kind of a perfect storm for, you know, a lot of personal crises during this time of crises. Um, I know for me, I, my thing was I'd go to the gym, I'd go to Zumba classes. Um, I would go, you know, do hikes with groups of friends. And I don't realize now until now, like how much I liked just walking to the store and back, you yeah. know, those, all those things that I was doing um, that aren't that aren't available, or you know, pieces of them are. How about how about you, Deb? What what have you noticed? <laughs> no, I I would say I, I can relate quite a lot. You know, I, I work at home and I enjoy being at home. So 
However, there are a lot of little things that I would do, you know, hiking or going to a dog a class with my dog and, you know, fun dog things or the yoga's, you know, yoga studio or even just casually going to the grocery store and taking my time and, you know, letting that be a relaxing thing, figuring out what, what do I need and all of those things being different, it is very unsettling. And and what you said a second ago too about the looking at the potentials and the excitements and then feeling bad that we do that. I've been really feeling a lot of that too, because I think, you know, there are some incredible potential things that can come out of this. Um, and none of that means, you know, if somebody's in that space saying, oh, I could see the value or, oh, there's decreased this pollution or maybe we can increase our sense of community on the other side of this. It doesn't mean, you know, having those thoughts doesn't mean that we're happy about all the pain and suffering and loss. This sort of means accepting this is the situation. So, you know, being okay with looking for those things, I find that to be a challenge too, because there are days it's like I start to think about that and then I think, oh, is this okay to be doing that right now? You know, and it's like, well, I can't do anything else but stay home right now. So I guess, you know, I'm doing everything. Yeah, so I think I think you're right. It's that unsettling of the day-to-day -day routine, but also the unsettling of, of, of experience of what what is it okay to think or feel or... Um, yeah, is it appropriate to be philosophical or not? I mean, you know, that it's a weird tension, you know? You know, I didn't even mention like all the people that are used to going to school and work and all those things that you would do where you'd bump into people and the same, you know, it's kind of that water cooler, those water cooler moments or, you know, seeing your teacher or seeing your coworkers and sharing. I think that's the other part of sharing those stories. All right. So that's good. So just wanted to kind of, you know, acknowledge like this is a super crazy time and we also are left without some of the things that we would normally be doing. Um, and even just the ways of how to think about this. So there's certainly lots of things you can do to build your personal resilience. Um, but let's think about nature as a tool and, and I hate to even use the word tool because it's so, it's maybe like it's our master or our teacher or our healer. I like it kind of defies words, but, but anyhow, let's, let's go ahead and we're going to start with that. And then we're going to give you the preview of the animal um, connection activities that we're going to do in the happy hour. So what, what would you say is kind of a way that people could, could, if they're starting to feel stressed out and they think, oh, I could probably do something with nature. Like what, how would you even think about that? And where would yeah. people start? Yeah, I think honestly, it is, we can start by thinking of, you know, we're supposed to be six feet apart from each other at least, right? But within that six feet, there's so much life, no matter where we are, whether we're sitting in a park or we're walking out the front door of our apartment building, or where we are, you know, so going outside and just taking a moment and taking that breath and saying, okay, who's here? Who is here with me in my community? You know, there's birds, there's pieces of grass, there's little blooms, you know, as spring is starting here in Colorado. I don't know where everybody's coming from, but there, there are little buds of, of, you know, tulips and crocuses and things that depending on where you are, just taking that moment and saying, who is here with me? And this could take 30 seconds and it could take three hours, you know, so if somebody needs to sit down outside and say, who is in my community right now that I can be so close to, 
And, you know, am I going to watch this bird bounce around this tree? And am I going to sit here and watch the clouds? It sounds so simple, but I think at times like this, um, especially for, for a lot of us who work in environmental fields, sometimes the simple um, low hanging fruit, if you will, is the easiest to forget which is that deep breath and that just acknowledging that life is here. And, and I can say I have felt so much comfort in the last couple of weeks seeing spring starting here in Colorado, you know, and whether that means it's a snowstorm or not, just going outside and each day there's something different. You know, the tulip is, is a little bit taller. The, the, they're starting on, on certain plants. There's a little bit more activity from birds. You know, there's squirrels are starting to, all their fun stuff in the trees, you know, making their um, little dance of who's going to hook up with who, I think. And, you know, those little moments that feel so familiar, I think for us, when we're looking for resilience, can, can go a long way, um, especially for people whose heart is already with the environment and is already with nature, you know, and whose concerns are already lie there. Letting ourselves realize that we are part of a community that is human and so much more and that, that that community is not rocked right now, that it is still there. That is a really great way to think about it. That as you were saying, you know, even if you're <laughs> in line somewhere and it's six, you're six feet apart, standing in line to get into the grocery store or yeah. something like that, um, that yeah, you still have access to clouds and the feel of the ground under your feet and maybe an ant walking by um, you know or the view of like that a tree that's maybe starting to blossom that you didn't notice um, mm -hmm. and and to not feel alone in that whole thing I I was I went the other day I've been trying to figure out where can I go that wouldn't be as crowded that I can walk um, you know just to uh, remove a risk for somebody else and give me a place, you know, kind of spread out a bit. And I was walking by a river and I was thinking the river hasn't changed, you know, that the river is still doing the river thing. And, um, you know, it's not on lockdown. And so to be thinking about, yeah, the squirrels aren't on lockdown, the birds, the clouds, uh, the budding, trees that's so much yeah so that's really a, a comfort to see those those natural cycles and so rhythms is one of the things that you talk about and that's in your title and <laughs> and I, I was thinking about that this morning after we started talking about it because I you know before this happened I, I was I was on this like serious routine where I was going to the gym six days you know, one day cardio, one day upper body, then cardio. And it was just like, it was amazing. And I was just running at this level. And now it's, I mean, I read somebody's doing core and training and I'm like, wow, you know, they're running. <laughs> and, um, I'm not, I'm not really there. I'm, you know, if I get a walk in, I'm like pretty excited about it. Um, so what, what is, that idea of rhythms, what, yeah. how can we think about that? How does that relate to, to, you know, making this something part of our resilience uh, routine? Yeah, that is a great question. And 
I can say that the, the rhythmic connection to nature is something that I've personally relied on even before the pandemic, and I'm so grateful for it now. Sometimes, so I'll give an example which might make people think about how they could use this, where if I feel myself had a few meetings, a ton of email, maybe the phone's been ringing, and I just feel like, hey, whew, I need a break. If I go step outside and even again, a minute or two, there's a breeze in the leaves, for example, and just stand there and try to breathe with the, with the tree, you know, breathe with the breeze, slow the breath down, or if there's clouds moving slowly, just trying to say, okay, what does it feel like if I were to put myself on that cloud and be moving at that pace? You know, or if you've got a, a lake or a creek or something nearby, um, sometimes the little ripples on the water surface or the creek moving, um, sitting there and saying, I'm going to sit here <laughs> until I feel like these gentle ripples are the feeling I have in my own heart. And I've had times in my life where sitting by a lake, I mean, there was some stressful times at work or something where it might be an hour or more, breathing with the ripples. But why I can tell you that it's grounding and it's free and it's easy and you don't have to go to a closed trailhead or a wilderness area. You can literally walk right outside and just say, what is the rhythm right now? Is it a little bird that's bopping around? You know, and you just sort of want to be in the space and, and feel what is that rhythm? It could be, it looks frenetic, but sometimes if we dig into it, it's actually a little calmer. You know, I, I've done this with hummingbirds where, you know, you would think, okay, these little guys are just what I find is if I'm breathing into it and really focusing on what is their rhythm, it actually slows mine down. It's sort of a reality check for where I'm putting myself, you know, if a, if a hummingbird is a calming thing, then I don't know, is that a sign? Um, you know, for who are we connected to in our landscapes and what rhythm are they living in? And what does it feel like to think about that rhythm within ourselves, whether it's a tree or a bird or a body of water or a bee, I mean, anything. Butterflies are very fun because they do a lot of stopping and then fluttering and stopping. Um, so a fun, easy way, this can be as you're walking from your car to, you know, the store or like you were saying, waiting in line to go into something or whatever it is. It doesn't have to be a big undertaking. It can go a long way, I think, especially people whose hearts are already with the natural world. It can go a long way to reminding us that this is, we are part of all of this. We are part of the natural world and that, that isn't changed and that is not on lockdown. Our natural being status is fully intact right now. That's a, that's a really comforting thought because we do say things like, the world's on lockdown. <laughs> and, and honestly, like it's, it's pretty wild. I was texting with somebody that I know from when I was in Saudi Arabia and he's in Saudi and he's like, we're on lockdown. And then I was like, how's your family in Nepal? Great. They're on lockdown. Um, so yeah, that, that's a good point that we could change the, the way we talk about it. Um, so, you know, the world being on lockdown could be like, well, humans, <laughs> you know, this is what humans are doing. Um, but as we've seen that nature is still out there doing its nature things and repairing things while we're, uh, while we're in, in our homes, uh, which is, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the, it's, it's really been funny that I'm, I'm part of this program where we're writing a book and I just did a three day retreat and they were saying, you know, 
we are lucky because our books come out in June, but books that just came out in February might be less relevant because the way we talk about things has completely changed. And so, and with the summit too, it started as grassroots action. And then I kind of got a message about, you know, well, let's make sure that's positive. So it's grassroots action or climate action celebration. So that was cool. And then the pandemic happened. So then online became the most important descriptor. (laughs) Right, right. And then a few weeks later, online didn't become important because if it wasn't online, it wasn't happening. Um, But the, the current tagline, it might change tomorrow, but is creating the world we want. Um, I think this one's going to stick because, you know, it is like, oh, if we don't have work and school and all these things, then um, what's, I I heard the governor of New York saying, people are asking me, when are we going to get back to normal? We're not, we're not going back. That's not going to be our normal anymore. Um, So (laughs) it is, it is a real opportunity, but I think we also feel yeah, especially those of us that have cared about the environment for a long time and seen things not happening, that it's, we're thinking, oh, well, maybe there's this opening, but now I, we need to step up and like, how, how am I going to do that when, um, when things are so crazy in my life? Connecting to the natural rhythms, I think that's a, that's a really beautiful thing. And all these things have that, like the yin-yang thing of like a nature on one hand we're saying in a way it's kind of permanent that you know the humans are all on lockdown but it's still doing its thing but of course the thing about nature is it's always changing um, too and so that gives us kind of a nice a nice resting place to know it's there but also know there's something that we can be kind of tuning into yeah at the same time and I think what you said about creating the world we want is is the single most important thing we can be asking ourselves right now, um, because it isn't going to be the same, and we'd have no idea what that's going to mean, and either we're going to be conscious about what's on the other side or we're not. And so being conscious about it and saying, what is this world that going forward, I mean, that's big work, you know, and that's, that's what, I mean, it's full-on green team kind of work. <laughs> right it's fun and we need to be we need to have that strength the you know whatever you want to call it spiritual mental emotional physical you know to just get that so what's what's a tip that you would say deb uh for i feel like a lot of us have done a pretty good job of okay let's just stay at home um but then I mean, I'm not used to doing like yoga routines in my whatever. I'm used to like going to a class, <laughs> going, you know, that's, I know that just works better for me. So is there, do you have a tip of how you could kind of tune into nature to, to encourage us to get, I'm not the only one I've heard this from that's like, doesn't feel like they're getting quite enough exercise to yeah to feel good. So what would be a way to think about the rhythms of nature that you think might give us a 
or, or some other connections there. I mean, there might be other ways to do that, but if we just tackle that one idea, um, you know, we're, we're hunkered down. It's like we turn down our body temperature or something, (laughs) but then at the same time, it's like, Oh my goodness, this is not a good long, like this is fine for a week, but you know, this is several months. Um, how do we get our, how do we jump our energy back up to get out there and get some exercise? That's a good question. A couple things come to mind. One is is going back to the rhythm thing. Um, whereas if somebody feels a rhythmic sort of connection with some animal or some being out in nature, it's sort of saying, okay, so why am I attracted to the sparrows? You know, what is their rhythm? Is it how much rest versus activity? And then if we could experiment with mirroring that in our own lives, you know, depending on how much flexibility we each have with our work at home versus job versus no job, you know, we may have we may have a good amount of flexibility to say, what does my day need to look like? Um, and how do I, how do I feel that re- rhythm reflected in my, in my world if I play with it? If I pretend to be the sparrow for a day, lots of activity in the morning, flurry, 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 sitting in the bushes in the afternoon, resting, you know, more flurry later, you know, that, that sort of thing could be a fun way to do that. I think another way, um, especially if exercise is taking place outdoors, is, is to say, okay, this is my chance to connect with all of these living beings so up close. I don't have to stay away from the tree, the grass, the, the edge of the lake. You know, I can, I can be very intimately close to all of these things. And getting outside and going for the walks or the dogs or taking the dogs out and um, spending the time out, breathing the fresh air and being in those spaces I think I can say for, for myself, my dogs are really helpful right now. They need walks every day. They're not aware of any of the stress that they probably feel some of the stress that we are feeling as humans, but they're not watching the news about pandemics. That's for sure. You know, and just being out there and, and seeing what they're noticing and what they're smelling and what, what's in their ears over this direction. Um, all of that, I think that getting out can potentially help us to feel that, okay, I, I, I'm happier when I'm moving and doing a little bit and, and not glued to my computer watching the latest, you know, tragic numbers increasing each day and all these things. Um, so yeah, I hear what you're saying. I think that when, when our routines get shifted, this is a time to say, all right, so how, who am I as a natural being? What are my natural rhythms that maybe I couldn't live within before because I had too many other obligations and now maybe we all can ask that question a little bit differently. You know, do I need to stay up late or get up early? Do I, do I need to rest in the afternoon or is that when I feel ready to rock and roll? You know, what is it? What are my rhythms? And then how are those rhythms reflected in the natural world? You know, it's, it's, we're all, we are the natural world. So our rhythms do matter and they are out there. And so remembering that I think might be a helpful piece right now, playing with it too, having fun with it, experimenting. I guess we're the only animal that forgets that we're an animal. (laughs) I mean, I feel like whales are not going like, yes, I'm going to sit over here for the rest of the day and just think or, you know, read or like rearrange the, whatever, the seashells or something, you know, like they, they get exercise, they move, they, they know this is like, they don't even have to know it, you know, they just are movement and so i think that's a that's another nice thing is just to kind of remember we are animals and animals move and and so even in times of crisis even if you know whatever else was happening um 
that that if you're an animal, you you still need that kind of movement, and that's what's gonna help you feel good and be able to do this this important work that we really want to do. I mean, this is a this is an opportunity um, that kind of the end of an era of something and the beginning of something else. And so the more, the stronger that we can be moving into it. Um, so, yeah, so I love that. And I know that Deb has a lot more um, ideas around this. We talked during the last year's summit about using plants and animal communication and all kinds of ways to connect on that kind of more spiritual and um, you know, those other kind of deeper connections. The other thing I was going to say, one of the things I've been doing sometimes when I don't feel like getting out is if I have a phone call, I will put my earphones in and put my shoes on. And I did this yesterday. Somebody called me and I said, oh, I forgot. Can I call you right back? I want to put my shoes on and my earphones in and get outside. And so, you know, thinking about ways that those connections and the outdoors, if you can't just get yourself out there, maybe kind of that association, phone call, walk, yeah. you know, and, and I guess what, what, what you're saying, Deb, is to also think about, you know, exercise and animals, like, okay, there's, maybe they're your personal trainers now, but you can't awesome. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> like the squirrels are my personal trainers. Let's go to the park and just see what they're doing and right. see if I can get some, you know, form tips on. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and I think what you said is the key, you know, we, animals move and we are animals and, um, and also productivity is not a hundred percent anywhere in the natural world. So expecting ourselves to be 100% up every single day, you know, the most beautiful flowers that bloom in the spring and summer had to go underground for a few months to be able to do that, you know, and so I think also knowing that our creating the world that we want is going to also come to us and in our inspiration and our impulses and there's a cycle there too, there's a rhythm for all of that as well. Yeah, and I, I definitely think that's what a lot of people are talking about too, is having that extra time and those, you know, your schedule that's not all booked up, especially I think a lot of the parents who both parents are working, their kids are in school, and then they take them to this activity and that one and that one. And when that all disappeared, um, they're my friends that are fostering puppies and they're, the kids are learning how to do haircuts, like give each other haircuts, <laughs> you know, just things that, um, you know, so that, that kind of downtime definitely does is, is cathartic. And, and yeah. so I guess that's the other part of it is to not put that pressure on yourself to, to be at that level of productivity or even activity, um, but to find something that, that is going to make you feel good. Um, okay, yeah. so is there anything more we should say that gives kind of a, a little insight into what we're going to do with the happy hour? Should we say a little bit more about that or what are you thinking? Well, we were talking about the happy hour being a, a chance to connect with each other and then also dig a little more deeply into some of those deeper connections with animals and, and pull a little bit more um, out of those than we sort of, you know, into that here. Um, so if folks are interested in that, we'll, we'll be spending more time on that Monday evening, the 13th, and that happy hour. 
and um, and like you said, having having a chance to connect and and really see who else is involved in the summit will be a really fun thing too. I think. And we were thinking, you know, that like everybody loves animals, <laughs> and it's just like a, such a fun way to, you know, if you think about an elephant or a you know, a butterfly or something, it just brightens our spirits and, and we need that. And so we'll be doing some kind of fun activities about flashing back to, you know, what kind of animals did you like as a kid? And, and so thinking about that, you know, their qualities and their rhythms, and then taking that a couple steps further and breaking out into small groups um, to work on that. And so we wanted to be kind of playful and fun and yet, um, you know, give you uh, some tools so that you could feel better going forward as we're doing this exciting world of creating the world we want. Um, so right. if, if you're listening to this, if you haven't signed up yet at, for Earth Week Summit, it's just earthweeksummit.com. And we have so many amazing things happening with that. It's just getting better every day and we've got all kinds of cool sponsors that are um, that are sharing the word with folks so and we have the green team cafe so you can hop in there and kind of continue the discussions in our facebook group i feel honored that i was planning this in, <laughs> in early february and uh before all these other events got canceled so um really happy that we're able to to host everybody um, and especially that our happy hour with Deb. So that's going to be fun. So any last little um, words of wisdom that you want to share before we sign off? I would just say take that deep breath outside and say who's here with me because we are we are so not alone right now. There's a lot of a lot of, of, of beings out there. All right. Well, thanks so much, Deb. And remember, everybody, the time for action is now. And that, that action could be sign up for the Earth Week Summit. <laughs> and the time for action is now because there is no planet B. All right. Thanks, Deb. Bye. Thank you. Bye, everybody.